Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, and welcome to Scout the Game Week. Scout the Game Week is Fantasy Football Scouts' weekly podcast brought to you by the Scout Network. In each episode, we'll look back at the game week we have just played to assess what we can learn to help us in the next round of fixtures. I'm your host, Ryan, from Football Chatbox. Let's Scout the Game Week. Now, this week, I'm joined by Chaza Roberts to discuss the events of Game Week 17 and see what we can take into Game Week 18 and further as well. Good morning, and how are you doing, mate? Good morning, Ryan, and thank you very much for having me on. I'm really excited to dissect all of the action from Game Week 17, which is one of the many Game Weeks as part of a festive football period. Indeed. We've got crunch of like a few more fixtures coming soon. Um, we've got midweek Carabao Cup fixtures and then Premier League, and then again, I think there's midweek of the whole Boxing Day fixtures, New Year's Eve. So plenty of football coming to everyone. Now, let's start with the opening week. Spurs won 2-0, but Sun was deployed once more on the left wing and had to face another low-block team. And he didn't really thrive. Uh, meanwhile, Richarlison took advantage of the number nine spot and managed to score again. What did you think about the game? Personally, just looking back on it, I didn't feel it was an amazing game for Sun to be your fancy captain. I know you didn't do it yourself, but considering it being an early kickoff and Forrest at the city ground, I feel we're a different proposition as opposed to them playing at home. But with people sort of underperforming, you saw the great performances of Richarlison and Kulisewski. For Kulisewski now, getting two goals and two assists Mm -hmm. within his last two away games, I think it's a genuine differential within this upcoming festive period. If you want to look away from Son, in addition to Richarlison too, with Sun departing for the Asia Cup within 21 to 24, if you still want that Spurs coverage, I think both of those options are really good. Along with Pedro Porro, of course, who I think right now is probably the best defender in the game. Yeah, now you mentioned that. Um, I think Kulusevki, now because now Bissouma is out for four games, I believe. And then he's also gone for AFCON. So he's basically out for some time. Um, I think Papisa will be travelling as well. Yuming Sun is also going for Asia Cup. Creativity and everything is just going to fall on Kulusevsky, I feel like. So he could be the pretty good differential. Um, but the only thing I'm wondering is... Hope, we don't know if, if Bentanko and Hoiberg can like get back in. 
um maybe it might like not hamstring uh, spurs too much i guess in terms of creativity but i do agree i think klusevski and uh, richardson could be great differential punts as well with especially with like people selling sala selling sun people have uh, huang he chan as well could be looking to offload him as well with the asia cup so good options and obviously poro eight pointer uh, for those who bought him in this week pretty good don't mention to me about Pedro Porro because oh. that was my planned transfer for the week. Oh, no. Unfortunately, went out on Friday. It wasn't a drug transfer. It was a completely opposite. I completely forgot to do my transfer. So do you have two free transfers now or do you have... I do, yeah. But once I woke up on Saturday morning, realized I missed the deadline. I did Mitchell to Porro as yeah. the first one, but I've still got one okay. for the All rest right. of the week. Fair and it's still with Harlan in the side too. So I wasn't one that picked up Dominic Solanke. Yeah. But no. just very quickly mm-hmm. on Spurs, I know we'll go to the next game. You're talking about Kuliseski creativity, I agree. James Madison coming back mid-January will help, but I do think even without Saar, who I think is quite influential in mm-hmm. that team, because their record with and without him is crazy, I think that would be a big loss as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if Postacoglu goes on for a run of three to four defeats again. Mm, until the two of them come back along with Huming yeah as well. until everyone comes back yeah we'll have to kind of monitor that and see because Spurs' good fixtures are now and I haven't had a look fully into like uh, what their fixtures are let me actually bring it up because yeah their fixtures during that Asia Cup run um, just while you're on the search of yes. the fixtures next game week against Everton I think that's going to be perceived a lot difficult than, it, than people actually yes. see it now because Everton have got four clean sheets in a row now, and they'll be licking their lips, looking at Oddsburg Stadium, seeing Tottenham's recent home record outside of a Newcastle game not being amazing, mm. and that's it. It's a great opportunity to make up five on the chart. Mm. True. And like I'm looking at Spurs as like that Asia Cup to Afghan time is United, Brentford, Everton, and Brighton. See, that's hard, isn't it? Yeah. I don't mind the Brighton game, however, because Brighton concede every game. Yeah. It's just the other three that we've now seen United also put a strong defensive display. So we'll have to kind of wait and see how that goes. Um, yeah, anyways, I think for the moment, Richardson and Kulusevski, decent options. But when we get to that four-block period, maybe you probably go in with one player for the moment and then reassess how things uh, will go in that time uh, period. And also if Madison is back as well, we'll have to wait and see. Um, okay. So let's move into um, Chelsea, who won 2-0. 2-0? Um, 2-0, I think. Yeah, yeah. And Palmer came away with a goal and assist and should have had another assist as well if Broja could finish a straight tapping chance. Um, we unfortunately didn't get to see Nkunku in this game, but hopefully in the upcoming game week, might see him. And also with Chelsea playing Newcastle midweek, maybe there might be more minutes there as well. Uh, but from a defensive point of view, Chelsea managed to actually keep a clean sheet um, with the new goalkeeper as well uh, playing. So what do you think about Chelsea's performance? I thought it was needed, but still looking overall within the last few game weeks, Chelsea have been really inconsistent. Mm. So personally, the jury is still out on myself and Chelsea. But we look overall this season, there's not been a lot of defenders that have stood out in regard to being worthy of the investment due because of the lack of clean sheets mm. through the campaign. Looking at the other end of the pitch, however, it's yet another game in which we see Cole Palmer delivering without the need for penalties. Mm. 
But what I'm really impressed about him, even with both goals, is that his drives into the penalty box were perfectly timed and he was simply in the right positions. And that's what really helped. And just another one on the return of Nkuku. He could threaten his game time in due course, but I think especially at least the next couple of games, Palmer keeps a spot. I just think he's been playing really well at the moment. I think with Nkunku back as well, um, because Jackson will be going for Afcon. Um, so there'll be a decent like overlap there where Nkunku just slot into Jackson's spot. So for the moment, maybe he gets minutes off the bench and then Jackson goes Afcon, Nkunku plays that spot, Palmer still keeps his spot then as well so could be we'll have to wait and see how things goes but he's playing really well i think he's probably chelsea's best player right now um now for obviously we've mentioned like lack of fleeches but a lot of managers have managed to get clean sheets this week though uh which is very shocking but from a chelsea point of view the fixtures are still good do we think the defenders like like in, investing in a levi colville or maybe even a gusto which may be a bit risky on his side but I think the centre-halves are risky. Mm. Uh, Gosto is also a risk. Out of everyone, it was Sanchez, but then he was injured. But I think a top option is who you mentioned, Levi Colwell. I think when I saw the stats, he's got the second most starts of any Chelsea player or within Probably, the top three, yeah. with the top two being Sanchez and Conor Gallagher. And I think a lot of people have forgotten this season how important Conor Gallagher has been to our Chelsea side. Despite it not being reflected on fantasy points, his creativity is simply what Pochettino has needed. And mm. it, I think it's helped with Nicholas Jackson to thrive at times along with his confidence in creating opportunities. Yeah, I agree. I, he's like the, the heartbeat of that midfield as well for Chelsea. So even when he didn't play against um, United... That was a big miss for Chelsea in terms of creativity as well. So I do agree. Um, him being there is a real help. So we'll see. But again, fantasy points, not as um, great. That's the one problem. Um, all right. So let's move into, from another clean, from one clean sheet to another, uh, Newcastle. 3-0 performance, clean sheet for Dubravka and LaSalle's owners. And another Gordon return at home this season. He has now returned in every game at home for Newcastle. Meanwhile, there are some injuries to key players. And also some players returning for Newcastle. So I don't know. It's like a mixed bag of results for Newcastle. Um, so what do you think about the performance? And also with both Botman and Dan Byrne back in the team, but an injury to Shah, do you think one of these defenders, let's say, offer better value than, let's say, going for a trip here for the next few weeks? Before I get to the question, can I just talk about Raul Jimenez very yeah. quickly? Uh, um, uh, now, go ahead. he did see the latest come free trailer. I did have yes, a look at the I did. I, that's what I tweeted yeah, out. Yeah, you saw that yeah, Look, looking at it, because I think a Solanke move personally wasn't really going for that, but with Jimenez would have been a really good second striker for people. But then it just gets sent off, and then that just completely car crashes the entire idea. Back to Newcastle's performance. I appreciate you. Appreciate your patience. A really good performance. I felt that's what they needed. I think within the run of seven home games, they've conceded one goal or within the last five home games? Probably their last Probably. four home games. Because uh, they've been pretty good Newcastle at home. It's just been a way form in which I've been let down. But Bill, the outside noise, they've always been saying, oh, geez, Newcastle, they just look so run down at the moment. And I agree. 
and it's been shown on their performances, but their home form has kept him in true stead. Anita performance, really good one. Hell, as soon as Rao Jimenez was sent off, that clean sheet was going to be locked in. Mm. Newcastle really had to show up for that performance. And yes, a goalkeeper clean sheet. Who would have thought? Along with defenders. Back on the defensive side, Burn and Botman both coming back mm. and with Trippier being suspended. He seems to have a monster haul one every four games. Mm. And for someone you're paying seven million for, I genuinely do not think he's the best premium defender out there. I think it's Alexander Arnold. Fair enough. Mm. What about the hero, Dan Byrne? Just goes oh, on yeah. and scores. I don't know. Let, uh, just uh, value. That's the, So when, when I initially had Botman uh, where, before he got injured, and I was like, this guy's just better value than Trippier. Now, I do have Trippier in my team. But I, I was like, you look at the, 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 the price gap between the two and what you can do. Now, I do agree, though. Trippier does have that whole uh, potential in him. And now that he's got his rest as well, could be a pretty decent option going forward. But I think there's like those of those, let's say, stuck on budget, which they may not be because of the whole Haaland not being there and potentially Salah and Sun leaving soon as well. Uh, but if anyone is stuck on a budget, I don't mind like the likes of Dan Byrne or even Botman back um, as options because now Shah is out, pulled his hamstring. That could be a few weeks out as well for um, Newcastle. So I actually don't mind those two as options, but yeah. Um, and you mentioned um, the home record. I was looking at just counting the number of clean sheets. I think they haven't only they haven't kept clean sheets at home in two games, which were Chelsea in the four one and early it's the first game in the season, Aston Villa five one. So yeah. every other wow. game they kept a clean sheet. It's quite impressive, isn't it? Yeah. So great at home. Away, slightly different story, but at home, mm-hmm. insane in terms of clean sheets. Um but yeah, so Good, good options there. Um, now, midfield, Jolinton did get injured, so we'll have to kind of wait and see what happens with that as well. But Luis Miley came in, performed, got a goal as well. Um, could be another decent alternative punt if anyone wanted to go there. I've personally likes Luis Miley and the way he's played. He just burst it onto the scene, similar to Mikhail Richards when he was 19. Luis Miley doing it at the age of 17. I think he looks fantastic. And he's mm. got a really good football IQ too. Indeed. Uh, he's, I don't know what's his prices for. I haven't had no, I wouldn't go. But I don't think he's a fantasy option just yet. It probably yeah. will be in the future, however. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Given the options available in midfield, probably not one to go for. All right, let's move from. Again, I told you, clinches don't come, but this week they've been coming in plenty. So from Newcastle's clean sheet to another clean sheet for Everton. Um, so now, four on the bounce. Uh, I think people who sold the Pickford are probably, I don't know what to feel like for those who had Pickford. You had Pickford? No. No, I've okay. not really yeah. invested into the Everton defence. I mean, Pickford would have equally been the top option before Everton got their points deduction. I really like the look of Mikalenko. Because mm. he started scoring in the games despite conceding goals. And his clean sheets have just seriously helped his yeah. form propelled to another level this season. Mm. Indeed, like he was such a great option with McNeil as well playing there and giving like that defensive colour. And now with the clean sheets coming, pretty good as well. Um, Just have to keep an eye out with the Ukrainian because he had a minor groin injury. Because when I looked at the match day squad, he wasn't featured at all and I was quite surprised by yeah. it. But then I realised he was injured. Mm. The, the well, other thing is, um, 
Now, Everton's defense, they do offer value in terms of cheap options. Uh, it's a shame for me because I had Branthwaite as well in my squad and I got suspended. I could have used him for this game when I had to play Toffolo instead in defense, <laughs> who got me nothing. Um, but I still think, now we mentioned uh, at the start as well, that it could be an Everton face Spurs next. Could be a tough game for Spurs. I initially thought Sun could be a decent captaincy option, but we'll get to that later. Uh, but where, how do you see that game going? Really tight or... Do we think Spurs have... No, so we know what Spurs are like. They like to go on the counter-attack yeah. and change won't change his style of play, which is good of him because that's his way of winning the league. And mm. I think what's happened with managers in the past is they want to change their tactics once they're in a really good position so they don't concede a lot and they just want to go for that actual ultimate prize, but for Angie won't change it. Sean Dyche will contain everything. Mm. If he had multiple buses, he'll just park it down back. That's what he'll do. I see a maximum only three goals scored in this game. Oh, that that alone is plenty in that game. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think Spurs will find a way, but it won't be a massive goal fest. Mm, okay, we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Um, yeah, how do you see the game? It's I think so. It's at home for Everton, right? If I'm not mis. No, it's the Tottenham. Oh, it's a Tottenham. Okay. Hmm. Could even be a one nil. Yeah. But then, be. I mean, Spurs don't. I mean, they kept a clean sheet this week, but they don't always keep a clean sheet. And Everton are getting goals recently, so even a one all won't be surprising. So we'll have to see. We'll see how that game goes. Very interesting because. I've got Brantwaite and I'm happy to play Brantwaite in like the easier fixtures, but I'm also happy to take the occasional risk. Not the, maybe not against Spurs, but against some other big teams if needed. Because I think Everton have it in them to keep clean sheets going forward as well. Um Alright. Now let's move to your team, Arsenal. Um Arsenal. Again, a clean sheet, which ends yeah. Brighton's scoring run and also goals from Gabriel Jesus and Havertz. Um as an Arsenal fan. Now, with Liverpool up next, and also now top of the league after Liverpool's draw. Um, and after the Liverpool game, they've got some amazing fixtures as well. A pretty good stretch of fixtures. What do you think about some of the attackers from Arsenal? I do like a look at some of them. The goal scorers of this morning are the two players in recent times that have shown the most form. And probably the ones I like in terms of options at the minute. I know it's surprising not mentioning Bukayo Saka, but Within that run from the end of October, once I had a good run of fixtures starting at Sheffield United at home, if you compare his form up against Sean Min Sun, who I've actually had some, but being mm. tempted to go second, but I haven't. Glad I really held on to Sun because he's just shown more within that period. And for Saka, yes, he's ticking along, getting the assist and the goal every now and then, but he's not really demonstrating his high ceiling of scoring points. Yeah, but I, agree. Quite, yeah. About, I think he's found his feet in terms of goal scorer now, and I'm really happy for him. I think he, Arteta's put in a lot of faith within him and it's paying dividends at the minute. And then Jesus is simply a great differential to have. And him being back in the team is incredibly important. Yeah. Uh, the, with the soccer one, so I watched the game, the Arsenal one. He, again, like I've had him since game week 10, wild card over swimming sun but now I've got both in uh, could have had a return somewhere 
because Arsenal did create a lot of chances. Uh, he, he, the thing with Saka is he doesn't have that monster haul. That's the problem. It's just like the, the five-pointer, the eight-pointer. It's going to tick like that. Oh, you get the occasional two-pointers as well. So that's the only issue with Saka. So for the value he's at, I mean, from an EO perspective, you kind of cover Arsenal attack because of the, the ownership of him. Uh, but value and points, he isn't really delivering as you would expect from a player of that uh, price tag. Uh, but we'll see. Good fixtures upcoming. Sometimes fixtures breed form. Maybe that'll help in terms of um, getting some better results. And if he gets a penalty, you're talking double digits as well then from Saka. Um, all right. Now, I do agree with the Havertz and Gabriel Jesus as well, especially Gabriel Jesus, could be a really good option going forward with um, Salah and Son leaving in 2021. People could switch to a front line of um, Jesus, Watkins, and Haaland potentially. Which could you be good. Yeah. I want to talk about, just touch slowly on the AFCON and Asia Cup yeah. assets because why it was so easy to remove Haaland is because he hasn't built any team value or his yeah. price hasn't come up all season. With Salah, however, if you've had him, for example, since game week six or seven, I would probably hold on to him only because there's so much team value built onto him. Mm. And you'd have to pay so much more to get him back. But for Sun, if you've only lost, well, if you only gained 0.2 or 0.3, it's fine to really get rid of him. Mm. I think you, you have a good, it's a good opportunity to make up ground in that actual slot. But for Salah, he's so important to our fantasy sides, but also in that Liverpool team. So I'd think again when trying to get rid of him. But for the others, I would understand in terms of departing their services. Yeah, fair enough. I was, uh, you mentioned team value. I'm looking like, I think, so I had Salah in game week one, then I sold him and then bought him back somewhere around game week eight, if I'm not, oh no, game week eight or game week uh, nine, somewhere around that time period. Um, and he's 13.2 right now in terms, terms of his price, but my selling price is 12.8. I'll take a 0.4 deduction. It's a lot. And 0.8 ever since he got him. Yeah. Even oh. that. So, what would you do? I probably, you know, so the group stage of Afcon is only game week twenty one, I think, because of the the way uh, yeah. the the length of game week twenty one. I might even just hold game week twenty one, see how Egypt are doing in the group stage, and if they look like they're progressing, then maybe think about how I want to. Um, like look look if they're progressing and also see if you can look at look at the, their fixture like run for the until the road to the finals see who they could potentially face and then maybe make a decision because his price will fall it, I agree is, yeah. but who are the best options to replace him within that bracket oh. if you want to get rid of him or would you just have a massive money bag of money you, in the bag you could, you know, you could just, I think you could just go to a cheap midfield option, uh, potentially, by downgrading Sun, and then upgrade, like, that third striker spot. And just, you could just bench Salah as well, and yeah. play a 3-4-3 three, three with having Salah on the bench. It depends on how yeah. everyone's yeah, squad is structured. Yeah. Yeah. I like that option. Yeah. So we'll see. Interesting yeah. option because people, we're all thinking about selling right now, but when you look at that, like you mentioned, that team value... And the ability to buy him back won't be as easy as well. Um, 
it's probably a reason why I held Harland again because I think a, a lot of people took points hits and it's a good opportunity, but it only costs one move for you yeah. to spend that money. You initially had so much from the Harland departure and then yeah. it just makes everything so hard to do. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, did so you I get had... rid of Harland? Yeah, I did for Solanke. Um, <laughs> but I can bring him back in. I'm not, not going to use that money elsewhere. That's the thing. So I can yeah. bring Harland back in one move. Uh, yeah, but, that's good. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how things like move in terms of... We don't know what's happening to Solanke as well in terms of that game because that got suspended. Yeah. Um, now, Tom Lockie is he's responsive and all, which is great news. Uh, from an FP point of view, though, I don't know what's going to happen because this is the first time like a game has happened and then got suspended midweek. Because like before during COVID and all games got suspended before the game could start, so mm-hmm. your players got auto subbed on for those who you had and didn't perform. This is slightly different though, so I'm not really sure how FPL are going to like progress with it. They've just come out and said that game week 17 will continue, uh, and that more information will be released later. But we don't know what exactly will happen. Yeah, I reckon something might occur overnight our time. Mm, probably we'll have to wait and see because. I don't know. To be honest, I would like it if the Solanke points that he got remains because everyone's Penta transfer took a hit in my case to try and bring Solanke in. And then for that to just suddenly vanish will be a bit odd because let's say they play the game again and they're going to play it apparently in full again, most likely. So if he doesn't get anything in the replay and they've taken the points away, I feel, I feel a bit hard done by as well. So I don't know. A similar story. Well, we had a massive game week suspended last season because of the Queen's passing. Mm. So I took Mitrovic, negative four hit, and this was before the Queen actually passed away. Mm. And then the game week didn't play. So instead, I just lost four points for my total score. And there was nothing to make up for it because the games weren't played. Yeah, true. That's the thing. So I don't know what they're going to do. It's, a, it's a tough because it's a very rare thing. So I don't think they actually think about stuff like this when play, uh, creating the game. So huh. we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, so that was the games for the moment. And then obviously, Liverpool versus United, nil-nil draw. Uh, I was going to ask anything about it, but it ended up being a nil-nil. So nothing really too much to ask about it, to be honest. Yeah, it, a great result for Man United, for your boys. I mm. think they really needed that in regards to their confidence. But it didn't really live up to expectation, that game. No, I watched, I watched the highlights. There were chances for Liverpool, but there were also like, there was a good chance for Hoyland. But then... That's basically it. Um, the only thing that gives me is that from a defensive point of view, at least maybe I can trust United players a bit more going forward uh, mm. because they kind of pull, grinding out these results in terms of defensive. So maybe it's a possibility to kind of keep faith in them. Uh, but yeah, now I'm going to go over to a specialty for you uh, on the FPL Addicts pod, the captaincy. captaincy. Yes, indeed. So Liverpool play Arsenal and Salah is at home this week, but Watkins against Sheffield United. And I mentioned Sun earlier uh, against Everton as well. Take it away. Captain's the corner. Oh, sure. Well, unfortunately, I don't have all the informed stats ready, but you can check the podcast that I'm on within the next couple of days. I would rank it as third Sun at home to Everton based on Everton's current form. I'll go Salah second. And then I'll go Watkins first, the home to Sheffield United, only because of the fixture. But for personally, what I do, I follow this formula every time. If you're paying 13 million for someone, why are you going to captain someone for 5 million less? Fair enough. Like you pay big buck, 
backs for player and his services. So I'm captaining Salah at home to Arsenal. Some vice captain, potentially Ollie Watkins, but he's at a price range in which there's no expectation to captain him. Mm. I think he's a great player to have this game week. And he got a goal. It would have yes. been away at Brentford too. And that was really important. He loves those cheeky goals away from home. It just shows how relevant he's been this season. Yeah, it's another return. But it was looking like there was no return coming until that red card as well for Brentford. Um, so, we'll see. The It's at home though. And Villa at home are a different beast completely. So, he could be the most captained this week. And what I find it quite unusual too is the deadline is on Friday morning, Thursday night, UK time because of Palace Brighton. That's correct. Yeah, I we just don't usually get that. It usually no. starts on the Friday night, their yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. I just realised that. Um, hmm, interesting. Yeah, I know. It's but, probably why I have a broadcast to pan out. Then you have seven games on Saturday and then one on Christmas morning yeah. when Santa decides to come into people's houses. But with Wolves versus Chelsea. Yeah, yeah the Wolves are coming home instead. <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, so interesting. Any other punts from captaincy? Or it's just those three and... I think it's just those three at the moment. You know what I do like? Is this is a West Ham Man United game based on their form and if United are just a little bit off. Mm. I like Kudos or Jared Bowen. Mm. That's probably my maverick rogue picks. And Gordon's away from home, so he's not relevant this week. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think Luton Newcastle game would be quite interesting. Yes, from a, because Luton have done well at home against the Wilkins. They have. Yeah. yeah. That'll be very interesting, especially with um, Newcastle's injuries to Shah and Jolinton. I think Jolinton in midfield is a bigger one, but we'll see how that goes. Um, cool. I think we'll end it there. Um, so thank you for your time today, Chaza. Do you have anything to plug? I've got two things, actually. Well, I've got my own, well, not my own, because we co-share it with Reedy, Rev, myself, and a bit of Jack, but mm. he's on leave at the moment. It's the FPL Addicts podcast. We do have our podcast Friday. Every game week, we try and be as consistent as possible, but that's what we do. We have a laugh. We talk about the game weeks that have just gone by and what we've got to look forward to, as well as my captaincy corner. And another thing, now, I don't reckon anyone knows this in the world yet, but within the last three seasons, I have made three different fantasy Premier League journals. You can get the links off my LinkedIn page. So that's 20, the 2020, 21, 21, 22, 22, 23, and it pretty Ooh. much goes through every single game week along with the stats come the end of it. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. And that is available on your LinkedIn page. So on you my need, LinkedIn yeah. page, yes. Unfortunately, I haven't really organised in regards to putting it out in stores, but All it's right. yeah, been quite the journey at the moment. Indeed. Um, so that if you'll have to type your full name there to get yeah, your, just yeah. type in Charlie Roberts on LinkedIn. If you can't find it, just send me a request, and I'll accept anyone. Awesome. Yeah, your, your Twitter links are um on the video as well on the handle, so people can follow you and ask that for further information. Yeah. But yeah. You can also find me, Football Chatbox, on YouTube where I do weekly videos and deadline streams. And that's it for this week's Scout the Game Week. Uh, I'll be away on a short trip. Um, so we'll be back after Game Week 20 and looking ahead to Game Week 21. Green Aerosol.